Welcome back, everybody, to another very, very, very exciting episode of Answers to the Universe. And this podcast, uh, I'm pretty excited because there's a lot going on currently in, in this guy's life. And he has a lot of momentum behind him. He's put a lot of work into the grand crypto space. He is a co-founder of ATX DAO, Forbes 30 Under 30. We are talking to Mason Leno. How you doing, brother? Yeah, good to good to be here. I really appreciate the uh, the opportunity. Yeah. yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, I know uh, Parker, my buddy. He just randomly hit me in the the signal chat one time and was like, "Hey, by the way, like this dude, he's he'd be really interesting podcast. Just get him on and like, like honestly, without doing like too much research on you, I just instantly just like hit you that DM. And then you know we were just talking about before this that you got selected to talk to you know massive decision makers over in dc um kind of having to do with i guess like legislation and whatnot like 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 a small crew how was that bro yeah i I mean it was surreal um i think (laughs) i mean i i strive to just have impact um and i love to Mm -hmm. meet smart people and i love to be uh given the opportunity i guess to to try and spread the good word of crypto and in a lot of ways it's it's not even i i, f- I find myself trying to defend the people in the industry and so when they, yeah. they give me the opportunity to go talk to these lawmakers and and show them that we're we're a bunch of good-hearted ambitious yeah. innovators i i mean i was so excited to have that um the chance to do that so yeah i mean it was it was amazing and being able to be in a meeting with brian armstrong is just wild he's the just man, such a dude such a legend and such a yeah like positive force um and i met so many other awesome founders that i hope to do some work with and just befriended and then also you just you feel this energy right um like it was the first ever stand of crypto day right but you okay. like i feel like i kind of walked out galvanized with political motivation right because it, <laughs> yes. really, it really feels like this moment in time which is so pivotal to the industry and so pivotal to all these people that I know now. And it's not supposed to be a partisan issue. It's a pro-America, pro-innovation, pro-technology like, pro mission that we have to be on and we have to fight for. Um, so I was just happy to be part of it. And I, I want to keep the ball rolling, you know? Yes, yes. Dude, it, it is honestly wild, right? Because when you think of like the U.S. in general, I I you. Oh, shoot. <laughs> well, we walk out of my I'll, room and turn, find better wi-fi connection um, all good yeah as you know we were just talking about riverside the good thing about this is our uh you know the uh the listeners are going to hear both of us at full quality while we break up incredible technology it's <laughs> <laughs> a plug for riverside um, <laughs> that's right riverside of them <laughs> um yeah I, I was saying it's kind of wild like if you zoom out on the u.s we're early to pretty much like every technology, right? If not, if, if not, we, we started and then cryptocurrency and, you know, you have to have a lot of sympathy for the people on the other side. Cause as you were saying, like, if you like, there's a certain perspective where you look at it, you see like the characters in it and it's a bit of a clown show. Right. But then there's like, if you go down a few layers, it's like, Oh my God, there's genuinely some stuff here. And like, you know, crypto's taken off in, you know, like Korea and Asia, but it, it is odd that, you know, like we are 
terrified of it from like a legislative standpoint. Yeah, it is. It's a real bummer. Um, and it's a real bummer too, because it, it, there's so many values in the technology and the ethos and, and like just the mind, the mindset that so many people have in crypto that align with both the right and the left and just with American values in general, right? Like forward thinking, freedom, empowerment, uh, <laughs> democratization of, of opportunity. These are all things that everyone in America theoretically should be behind, but we're kind of stuck under a, like a, a umbrella of fear or whatever about this technology. <laughs> and, and, and it also comes down to like, I think just the fundamentals of the technology being relatively attractive to what you described as the clown show. Um, yeah. And just having some really high profile disappointments with, and those leave lasting impacts on people. Um, yeah. But you know, it makes, it makes it even more worthwhile to fight for because again, it's like everybody, it's even like one layer from the surface. It's just, these are all smart, bright optimists trying to make something. So it's worth, worth the battle, you know? Did you have to like brush up on policy or like prepare almost like, like, like prepare yourself from like a PR perspective to like answer some hard questions or what did that look like when you knew you had a shot yeah. to get some conversations? So a few pieces there. Um, I've done lobbying before. I've done it at the state level mm. um, for ATX Dow. We worked on a, the Texas Dow bill is what it's called. It was a adaptation of Miles Jennings and David Kerr's theory of using UNAs for a legal wrapper for DAOs. And we had worked with them to make a law and we were trying to pass it through the Texas um, legislature. And we were decently successful. We didn't make it through the Senate, but we had a great, um, great run. And so I, I've had some level of lobbying experience before. So I kind of knew what I was walking into um, as far as like what lobbying looks like. But as far as like preparing for hard questions, the main questions we were going to be grilled on would be about the use case and the value and what our story as founders were. Mm -hmm. When it comes to like real nitty gritty policy questions, we had the Coinbase legal team um, and lobbyists there to kind of field those. But the, the mission was, let's take these founders who are exactly the people that you're talking about. They're one level below the clown show or whatever that are actually building useful things and trying to contribute to society. Let's bring those face-to-face -face with these lawmakers and have them realize that, hey, there's a ton of people building good things and it's hard and it just changed the entire narrative. So I think it was like, like the people they brought like 40 founders or whatever, they were, they represented 1500 jobs, right? And then, and lawmakers just at the end of the day, a lot of them care about just jobs in their district. So that was a really powerful mm -hmm. statement. And then, um, yeah, just having your, your, your story down and your pitch down and the being able to articulate it so they know what you, what is going on. That that was really that's really the key thing. And just for example, like our conversation of um, Representative Henry Cuellar, he um, being able to communicate like HX DAO is a coalition of entrepreneurs, and all these entrepreneurs are trying to to create value and invent things, and they're generating tons of jobs in Austin and in Texas. And here's Chris from Topple, who literally like has created this amazing layer two blockchain that is used to it was used in the past to track supplies during the COVID crisis. And he's created 30, 40 jobs like 
here face to face. And ATX DAO is full of these people. And that, you know, that's a really good pitch for yeah. why you should be supportive of the, the Fit 21 legislation. And like, and that's the legislation. There were two pieces we're advocating for. One mm-hmm. was the financial innovation. Uh, what is, is Fit 21? is like financial innovation of technology 2021, sure. something like that. Um, I wish I could say that. I sound like an idiot now that I didn't do that correctly. <laughs> but there was that. And then there was the stable coin, um, stable coin bill. And the, the mm. Fit 21, um, Fit 21 bills primarily defines rules of the road for how you regulate crypto between the SEC and the CFTC and tries to establish baselines about what's a commodity, what's a security, and just gives us rails to keep building in the United States. Cause right now there are no rails. There's just bullying, um, from yeah. an unelected official. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a super tricky problem in my opinion. Cause even like when I'm trying to like describe crypto to, you know, new users and we, we've all done that, right. We've all had questions at the dinner table, Thanksgiving, or whatever, where, <laughs> you know, your, your aunt asks you like, so what's crypto? Could you explain that? And it's like, and you, in your mind, you're like, okay, here we go. You know? And you do your best. But I think one of the tricky things is, is that this is one of the, like, we're getting into a stage of society where the technology that's coming out, you can't see with your eyeballs, right? Like the smartphone, when you see that at a big presentation conference or whatever, it's like, I can see that. I know what that is. And that makes sense. When like cars were coming out, like that as a clear use case, I can see it with my eyeballs. But now when you're talking about like, oh, no, no, well, it's like, you know, it's a decentralized database, you know, on the back end of blah, blah, blah. And people are just like, what's a database? You know, there's like so many steps. Uh Yeah, it's so tricky. And Um, people, it's also there's such a like a, it's like such a fundamental re-examination of of like a key part of the human existence, right? Like the transfer of value. Like it just, it's a re-examination of that. And like, you could be like, oh, well, whatever. This is this magic internet money that like, what is the value of that? Like, oh, Bitcoin is worth 26 grand. Why? You know, but then (laughs) flip it over and you're like, oh, well, do you value this entire rethinking of um, this experience and this type Mm -hmm. of system? And then it, it, then it just becomes this philosophical debate where you're a, you have this technology and this philosophy and you're trying to just figure it all out. And then it gets really weird. And that's why crypto is so crazy because you like there's all the philosoph- like philosophy stuff um, with AI and kind of being like, well, what is humanity and what is mm-hmm. consciousness? And then you have like, but AI, AI I, feel, I feel like is more understandable than crypto. For sure. Because <laughs> like like artificial intelligence i have intelligence okay that's just me but a computer and that's like you're pretty close to the way there if you think about it that way you're pretty close to the way there and like with ai art and generative art like you know there's a clear feedback loop to understand it and whatnot but i really like your point of like how it gets philosophical quickly and one of the things that like i'm trying to do uh like for organic marketing at uh at abolabs and avalanche is put out videos to TikTok that don't talk about crypto, but we talk about the current system. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like, what is money genuinely? Like, like people like know, okay, like what is money? But if you spend like an hour thinking about like what money is, it's like, okay, there's this number on a database somewhere that yeah. like gets me out of bed in the morning. It makes me do insane things. This like, it allows me to eat. But in the end, it's just this number on a database, like a, like a video game point system uh in a weird way 
And so you're just kind of saying like, okay, it's kind of like that, but you know, crypto is just better and X, Y, Z, and we can still use these same, you know, the same point system or like the USD or, and all this stuff that the government has done a great job setting up for us and has made our life so much better. Um, yeah, exactly. But we can definitely put that on crypto rails. Um, yeah. But I, I, I want to go back to what you were saying is that you would have to kind of like pitch, you know, use cases of like why crypto is good. Um, there's, you know, obviously like a million different ones and not all of them or most of them, definitely most of them aren't seeing adoption. Like which, which ones interested you when you were talking to new people? I mean, I, I usually just pitch DAOs just because like that's mm-hmm. ATX DAO. And I think ATX DAO is a fun proof point for blockchain as a organ organizing mechanism and it again it's like this like small twist on pre-existing systems that like seems small but then we start thinking about it it's got these implications that kind of go farther than what meets the eye right Uh so talk about like the ability to let's, let's say like you have a traditional nonprofit, right and you have an executive board and they're making top-down decisions about the future of the organization, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, then you have ATX DAO and other DAOs that, well, we're not technically a nonprofit, but we are an impact organization with the mission of improving the city of Austin. But we operate in a like bottom-up, flat capacity, which is only possible because of our governance structure using blockchain to have NFTs that give us our permissions, give us our voting rights and allow us to allocate capital on chain, which is like totally new. And, and, and like, it's a lot of it is the ability to mobilize and deploy capital and, and mm-hmm. dem- democratically access the spending power of an organization, which is mm-hmm. just totally different from a traditional impact organization, right? The idea that I can walk into ATX DAO as a new member, come in with an idea, pitch this idea, get people to agree on it. Everyone has one vote or whatever. And then it passes and you get to use this, the funding. That's like new, right? Like mm-hmm. if I was a, coming into a nonprofit, it's like very different. You can't just create a proposal and get it passed. Um, you have to, whatever, get promoted to your executive level or mm-hmm. promote to a position of strategic decision-making. Um, in this, it's like, well, everyone theoretically should have the capacity to change the future of the organization, find a new way to create a project that benefits Austin, yada, yada. Um, obviously, there's going to be levels of soft power and networking and relationships that have to be built to lobby folks, maybe internally. But I think in general, like the the understanding of what is valuable is uh, will be acted on the organization. Yeah. I don't know if that helps Absolutely. with that answer. For sure, man. And DAOs are a really interesting one for me. You know, it's, it's 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 one of those like um, big umbrella terms, but there's like a like tons of different ways you can actually kind of like go forward with with the DAO. Um, yeah. To help maybe people understand, is there like an example case of like a said proposal that has came through ATX DAO that was pretty interesting? Yes, I love this story too because it it like shows the whole life cycle of like how um, a decentralized organization can accomplish ambitious projects um, that impact have a larger mm-hmm. wider impact so there was a guy um named jeff mattel he's a still an atx down member but before he was an atx down member he wrote a pitch for a project in which 
HX Dow funds murals in Austin, turns them into NFTs, and then sells them as NFTs, building a flywheel in which the money from the NFT sales goes into a separate multi-sig or whatever to be controlled to deploy into new public arts projects. Right? Wow. <laughs> so he wrote that proposal. I, he posted in the general channel. I'm like, dude, this is a banger. Um, <laughs> so, and so I like talked to him. I reviewed it forever. We're like chatting about it. He joins the DAO in the, the Zilker membership round. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then he just gets to work, right? And it's like, let's, let's get a group of people that want to do this. He kind of started up setting up recurrings blah, blah, blah. Eventually his, his time, he would, he stopped being available, right? Like HX sure. thousand extracurricular, right? So he stopped being available. The movement was there and the passion for the project had already been seeded throughout the, the membership body. So a guy named Ryan Harvey, absolute legend community man in HX Dow, he took the torch. Um, and then he just carried it, right? He carried it through. We, he rallied the troops. He, PM'd it and he got it all done. He made partnerships with nonprofits, with local artists. And then he got the proposal together with the budget and the plan. Organization organization passed it. Mural got done. Huge success. Hugely important to HX Dow's brand and our mission alignment. Um, and it's just a success story in, in general. And I don't think that necessarily happens in a traditional organization. Yeah, that's a crazy example because um, it's it's a really unique idea. And I think the cool thing about I guess like this structure is it almost like built in incentives for you to like finish what you're talking about. Right. It's like, if I do this, it's better for literally everybody. And if literally everybody enjoys this, like everybody wins, it just elevates everybody one step at a time. That's so interesting. That's kind of like one of the secret sauce, like the secret sauce or of ATX down. Maybe it's not secret sauce as much as like something I would recommend to other folks when they're trading DAOs is aligning non-financial incentives at an organizational level, right? So mission statement for the DAO is we've got a few pillars like uh-huh. policy, community, innovation. You're trying to build build something that benefits the city of Austin um, and mobilize a, under, like a, a new community of people, which is like crypto folks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone is buying into this organization. They're believing in this mission and that mission is, is understood is like let's we love austin let's make austin better and everybody knows that the actions that are done is furthering that goal so if we've got something going that's super good everyone is like well how do we get it done and like because it wins like you said everyone wins yeah and the city wins theoretically like i personally think that creating a beautiful mural downtown um and then fundraising for a nonprofit is great so (laughs) like (laughs) That type of stuff like gets done and it's really awesome. Um, obviously, there are inefficiencies. It's a DAO, but mm-hmm. we've done a good job of being able to work through the ambiguity in a lot of different times. Honestly, from like my perspective and, you know, being in crypto, paying attention for a little while, I think there's use cases where DAOs like are like very imperfect. Um, like recently, I saw a... Um, it was almost like a, it was a meme coin. I think it was like Kitty right. Inu Dao or something. And some influencers, like content creators, put a proposal being like, hey, like, can we have funding to like make you guys some marketing content? And it passed like 55 to 45. And like mm-hmm. a large budget of the, you know, of the stuff went to these dudes who like weren't part of the community and whatnot. But when you, and so like, you know, it, of course, it, 
maybe, maybe that's going to end up good, but it just seemed kind of goofy to me at the time. Um, but then when you take it to the community level, like almost look at it as like a form of like governance that literally everybody will benefit from. Like, like there's just, there's, there's no real incentive to like take advantage of um, a DAO when it's like part of a physical community where somebody lives like, like 404 DAO in Atlanta, like does, does great stuff. And like ATX DAO, like you guys obviously crush and you're, you're known all through, all throughout Twitter. Um, what about the differences between, you know, having a DAO that's like has built in community just by location versus I guess like the other, other use cases of it. Yeah. I think it's, it's very interesting because the DAO is obviously like very internet native digital first in a lot of ways. And it's really powerful in that you can mobilize people online without necessarily doxing yourself and still be able to make decisions that impact the industry, right? Like think of like a Uniswap mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, but when you have an IRL piece, then you introduce a certain level of trust and kind of like a force multiplier for relationship building and collaboration. And then at the same time, you reduce the risk of bad actors because you primarily know people. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, that's, that's kind of like, a, that's a huge part of it. And then a little bit like touching on the example you gave of like, to you have like tokens and your cap, basically that, that Shiba Inu or whatever you were talking about, that's kind of like token-based DAO and you're capturing value for an external party. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So it's, it's like a meme coin. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say, well, I already said the name, but it was, yeah. Kitty Inu and then some, you know, influencers. I mean, no, uh, no, no hate. I love meme coins. I think they're an awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think they're incredible. I, I think like Pepe was a great example of why crypto is cool, which yeah. might be a contrary opinion. But um, one thing about HX DAO is like by not having a token um, and having it be like insane, mm -hmm. like basically zero liquidity NFT membership, you mm -hmm. remove the ability for financial incentives and speculation, which protects us from the whims of the market. And again, it goes back to what I was saying is like aligning people on an intrinsic level for incentives and motivation. Um, but yeah, the in-person part of it really makes a lot of this work, um, which is good and bad because, I mean, a lot of people in DAO world would want internet native organizations to really be successful. Um, and I think there are examples. I think Friends of Benefits Definitely is incredible. Yeah, yeah. They kill it. They crush. Mm -hmm. So that's out there for sure. Um, but I, I personally get concerned about any type of token-based governance, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. And it, it, it's also like, and I, and I say this, and I, I also realize that, like, you know, the term DAO is just like an umbrella of a million different things. And just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like there's, um, you know, you could already argue, like, I don't know, like, like you can't just, like, group video games for an example it's like yes like 90 percent of video games like you know fail to make market and like you know maybe a good percent of them like aren't that fun but that doesn't make video games a bad idea to begin with right just because yes you know, a few that make goofy decisions um so well, I do wanna... an experiment. everything's an experiment yeah everything is yeah, yeah. so we're, we're we're figuring it out and, and I, I think nfts especially like that term got absolutely just completely slandered because people grouped every single NFT into like PFPs and all like they saw those exact same as like, you know, like the art ones. And it, it just like doesn't make sense to, you know, group 
like a, a essentially like a a way to store value like all of that stuff together it's just like a fundamental technology layer you can't just say just, just because one ft bad all of them are bad like obviously 99 percent of them are going to fail for the same reason 99 percent of you know 90 percent of video games fail or and whatnot um so yeah you can't I mean, it's just argument. it's just the name of the game in crypto mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways to make subpar projects but then the ones that are really good are like game changers absolutely yeah um and the next thing i'm kind of curious so we kind of like touched on what you're excited about right now you know the success you've had in a few years but you're in a very very unique position right there's only there's only a handful of people who could like have similar job titles as you in the world probably you know like very 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 few what context do i need about mason leno that explains how you got here like like what are the puzzle pieces like throughout your life that that, yeah. that, that explains of why you're, you 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 kind of live such an interesting past right now yeah i can i'll give you a little summary um and it's it's lana by the way i'm sorry Lina? okay yeah. yeah sorry it's it's, it's I, i'll it's mess it a up weird it's a very challenging name to pronounce it's about four <laughs> different four different yeah. ways and then depending on what part of my family you're in Lina. you have a different pronunciation it's internal oh, wow date but yeah um take as much time as question as you need yeah i mean i think like at the the base of everything that i've done um is like this it like deep like unseparate i can't separate myself from the city of austin um (laughs) i was born and raised like right like like literally like a 15 minute walk from the capital um like it, when I was born, there was Austin was not at all what it is today. Like South Congress, if anyone's listening, it's been to Austin, you know, where the Soho house is, um, that's like where my house used to be, like right on South Congress. It's in it's so it's I've just seen this change and I have this weird attachment um and love for the city and the people in the city and the people that move to the city and appreciate the city. And that's kind of why ETX Dow is so fun, is because there's this deep-seated like love for Austin. And you talk about Balaji saying about like things about like opting out of the system or and opting into a network state. Mm-hmm. I see Austin just from a non-crypto perspective as kind of an opt-in city. Like people move <laughs> to Austin. They come for UT or they come for tech. They come for music. Um, the actual born and raised quote unquote unicorn population is fairly small. Um, and I, I mean, I just, I find Austin to be so important. Um, and then as far as like crypto and all these skills that I've built, like, like my journey from just being someone from Austin to ATX DAO involves um, being part of the music scene here. Like I was doing, uh, I was performing at these, <laughs> when I was like in middle school, I was at this band and we were performing all around town at like historic Austin venues that no longer exist um, just from the growth. And then I was like in high school and I was doing like, I was, I switched from like punk music to like rap music. And then in college, I was doing more like rap and pop music. Um, and I was doing shows at that point, too. I was producing these events because I found out that if you want to really have freedom, you have to make your own thing instead of trying to beg someone to let you play on their, mm. uh, at their concert or whatever. Mm. And then uh, I actually left school for a year at UT. I, was, um, I, got, tr- I like, got to UT. I like, worked super hard to get transferred into the honors program. And then the next year I was like, 
I'm done with this. I'm going to go do music. <laughs> so I did that. I did that for a while, and I kind of learned a little bit about what real life is like. Um, and then I came back to get into tech, um, and then I went through cons tech consulting, and then I went to enterprise software sales. And at the same time as I was doing software sales, I was spinning up ATX DAO. Um, and so at this point, I have just this like crazy, not only like built-in love and attachment to Austin, but I have this like weird perspective of all these different zones of the Austin experience, right? So you have like music scene. Um, my parents are artists, so I have like an art scene. Um, I have like unit like born and raised in Austin experience from going to public school here and seeing everything change. And then I have um, technology experience, whether it be like smaller boutique consulting or like giant corporate tech software sales. And then I have this like entrepreneurship spin and community building spin where I'm, I'm trying to create this organization that becomes an Austin institution and lasts for decades and decades and decades. And you think of it when you think of places like the Chamber of Commerce, you think of ATX DAO as like a different type of institution in Austin. Um, and so I'm trying to build something like that and leave this like positive impact on the city while at the same time helping mobilize people that have opted into Austin because they love Austin and have this like powerful network and skill set and resources and they want to do something with it. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. That's a very rambling answer, but it's I, ha I have just have this weird amalgamation of Austin experiences <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out how to channel um, what I've learned and who I know to have a, a uh, an impact on the city. Oh, man. Do you feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I've been, I, I joke around this and this is, this isn't even a joke, but it's a very funny statement is like, so I was born like and raised not religious at all. My parents didn't like force anything on me, but I've been like, things just are so good sometimes. And like, things just feel like fate so much that I tell people <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm considering thinking about religion as a new thing I adopt because sometimes it just seems like there's more going on. Um, but that's just like internal musings that I like to bounce around. Uh, I, I'd like to imagine that I'm part of something bigger, but I mean, I feel like I'm part of something big right now. And that, that doesn't have to necessarily be something intangible. I know, I, I know I'm part of a group of hundreds of people that care about, um, care about what I care about. And that's, I mean, that's pretty good, pretty good place to be. Yeah, yeah it, it is. And, you know, I, I know we were talking about how like crypto has an intersection with philosophy and, you know, all this and feeling a, feeling like you're a part of something bigger than yourself. And the interesting in, in religion, obviously, is a super complicated uh, topic, but there's several um, like really, really smart people who didn't necessarily um, get brought up in a religious household that like eventually like like throughout their throughout their life kind of like find it useful in a sense, just to pray. Um, like, like, like if, mm -hmm. even if you don't believe in, in one God, there, there is something oddly uh, human about like having a, a spiritual side, even if some, even if a, if, if a straight, you know, if, if any of the books don't make any sense to you or whatnot, um, it's, it's, and I like to compare it to like intuition a little bit, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like, so I used to run track, right? And some of the best athletes, you know, after they would finish, you know, they'd put their hands up and say, you know, thank God or whatever, or before their race, you know, which is, I, I've never experienced nerves like track nerves. Cause you know, you have some of the most grueling training, like 
the sport honestly sucks. And then you have just like, you know, two minutes to like prove that all your work has been worth something. And so the pressure yeah. to like not mess that up is just like enormous. And some of the best athletes, they have like a keen trust in God. And I wasn't necessarily like raised super religious and never quite resonated with me. But what, what did is if I, if, if I switched the verbiage a little bit and was like, okay, like I trust myself to do this. Like, I'm just going to let my instincts take over. And it, it did feel like a little bit spiritual once I decided to like make that switch to like, just like trust, yeah. trust your subconscious. So I, 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 I know what you mean when you here. say that. I have a tattoo here on my arm that says, trust yourself. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I feel like maybe someone has that. Who did insists, I lose you? Huh? Oh, <laughs> we'll be back. Did, did I lose you? Testing. All right. I'm back. All right. All right. We're back. We're back. <laughs> yeah. I was um, just saying, I have a tattoo on my arm that says, trust yourself. Um, yeah. And so it's, I mean, to, to me, that, that makes sense, you know? that that yeah. whole explanation um one thing i do want to talk about which i took notes here about is you said you were performing in middle school in a band yes that's most people don't do that what how did that come about i um, i don't know i mean it was i can give credit to uh, my friend matthias who was kind of the ringleader um but i, I mean it was musical we and it was like me him and then our brothers um and then like we, like we were just playing around on GarageBand to start out with. Oh, but I'd say right. I can give credit to Matias for kind of leading the path um, with the band. But, I mean, we wrote some really great songs, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I actually repurposed one for one of my songs, my most recent album that people really like. But I mean, it, it was really fun. And it's just like it was this weird point in time in Austin where like, I mean, it, it, the aura was a little bit different and when i think back about it, it it's i tell stories and people just think that i'm like they're like that doesn't sound real right like <laughs> i would just like, i would like you know i could just walk out of my house and there's like there's not many people you know i'm walking out of my house i get on a razor scooter and i go down south congress and i can go over to like to like where the where the alamo draft house is now <laughs> on, on south lamar and it's just like it's like walking to my friend's house but now it's like no, that's like an insane metropolitan area that you're like walking through. Yeah. Like, you know, like a little kid on a razor scooter, that doesn't really make sense. And it's like P. Terry's is like this massive burger chain in Austin. I like tell stories. It's like I was with Matias at P. Terry's at like the first location. And we like saw Patrick Terry, the founder. And he was we were, and like, I saw him and I was like, oh, P. Terry, you rock. And he was like, thanks. <laughs> He's like, thanks. Can you threw me a cookie? Um, and then now I tell it to people and they're like, what, what are you talking about? That sounds not real. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, this, <laughs> it was just a small, it's just a small local burger shop. And now it's just this huge franchise throughout Austin and Texas. Um, super strange. I remember like the first Torchy's tacos was just a taco Torchies. truck. Like, yeah, yeah. Like taco truck, five minute walk from my house. That's you know, crazy. Like, me and my dad and my brother and mom and stuff, we would like walk, you know, get tacos, get the the trashy trailer park and that just rocked our world because you know that taco didn't exist before you know <laughs> so and I, like, I, rem like, I remember trying all these restaurants like when they first opened like the really popular ones that people care about like home slice um I remember when it opened and you know like um uh, talking to the people that own it and they had used to have like pizza day i don't do that anymore i don't know it's just super crazy to start thinking back 
on all the experiences. But it was kind of like going back to being in a band. It was just like a smaller community, I guess. And yeah. like, oh, you got these kids that are like plugged into the art scene because of their family, and like the the scene isn't even that big, and they're like at the humanities public magnet school you know like this is just like opportunities there so again that's like a blessing i yeah, suppose but yeah um this is weird really that's cool though that's interesting and i i, I do i, I kind of love that because atlanta's somewhat similar not quite as big as austin is now but like you know atlanta's got good music man yeah, we do. Like, we do. We we kind of owned the uh like the late 2010s with all that with all the rap a little bit. Yeah. Um, which was which is when I was in college, and so like going to a concert, like a rap concert, was like the best thing ever. So I'd go to like I don't know who would come to town. Like Gucci Mane is a big local guy, so you'd see him, yeah. and you could guarantee at least five of like the top Billboard artists, like rappers, would come out, play their biggest song, and leave. You know, it'd be like. Yep. pay 30 bucks for a Gucci Mane concert and you'd end up seeing Ray Stremmerd, Rick Ross, Playboy Cardi, um, yeah. you know, Meek Mill would show up just because he's in town. Like, it, it, absolutely it's crazy so awesome. time. That's like my favorite type of music. So I'm like super tapped in. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, yeah. yeah I, I remember uh, it was my, because I, I ran, I ran track it at Georgia Tech and on my visit, like a week before I came, um, they were saying about how they went to, it was a Flostradamus concert who's at the, uh -huh. you know, that was like on the tail end of, you know, when, uh, dubstep and like hardcore EDM was big. And they said that like the room was, it, it was like a tiny venue, maybe like 200 people. But then halfway through, um, like Ray Stremmerd, like right when like no type, you know, around then was, was yeah. out, like, like came up absolutely just wasted is whatever, like. 17 year olds or whatever and just like played like their whole album like front to back and i was like right. okay i'm gonna come here you know <laughs> that's so awesome. uh, interesting stuff um but i i am curious so big in the music scene plugged in you decided to make the transition right to you know being an adult or whatever whatever you want to call it um what what did, what did that look like? What what did like the d decision to, you know, go from music and then, you know, eventually, you know, software sales kind of look like for you? Uh, it's all, it was all financially motivated. Yeah. Uh, Cause I mean, I mean, I wanted to do music. Like, I mean, I left school to do music. I wanted to make it big. Um, but you know, I mean, I'm working at Domino's and yeah. doing music. And like doing, I'm like recording and producing people's music and I'm doing my solo music and working at Domino's, right? But then it's like, oh, I'm putting all these hours in at Domino's. Um, why did I leave my um, business honors college <laughs> uh, when I could be working the same amount and making this actual living, like a, a salaried, um, salaried wage? And I mm -hmm. like, it's like, I always squandered this opportunity of like the, like the blessings that I was given um, as a child and the the work I've done throughout schooling to get to the point I was to like go and graduate with a good degree and get a good job. So it's like, Oh, all right, like, let me go back and do that. And I can do music at the same time as I'm this tech yeah. consultant or whatever. But at the moment you do kind of like give up a little bit of that, I guess the, the romantic story. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you really think of a lot of artists that are like, that do both things and it's, it depends like 
what is your motivation, right? Like, if you're re like really motivated to try and get famous and like that just tears you apart. It tore me apart at least like yeah. putting on music and begging people to listen to it. It's just like such a horrible, horrible feeling. Um, and then, I mean, I was able to keep doing music when I was at my check consulting gig. Um, but then I came to the same situation. It's like, I made this really good music and it's just like putting it out and promoting it, like killed me inside. Um, and then I guess I just kind of the HX opportunity popped up and yeah. I like put my creative energy into that. And I mean, the ROI from my creative energy with HX is just unbelievable compared to music, which is like kind of a bummer. And you could say that, I mean, some, some people could be disappointed. It's like, Oh, you gave up on music. I'm, I need to do it again for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it's kind of a little bit of, um, not being jaded, but like a, it was like a, breaking point where I was like, I got to do something else. And the software sales thing, like that was, I was money hungry at the time. I yeah. was like, I want to get the bag. Um, now I'm just kind of like, what is going on? I'm operating in this weird limbo, but yeah. it's, it's fun. But yeah, it's, that's kind of, I don't know if that answers your question. Um, it it does. Yeah. I was going to say it does. Cause I actually, I relate to that entirely. Um, so but not not in music but in um you know in in, in track you know i got like i got i got, I, got I, I was like good enough to have like a shot at the uh the tokyo olympics and oh, wow. but i was like b tier i was like a second round draft pick good so my highest mm -hmm. place uh finish at like the the u.s championships which is the same thing as the olympic trials was 15th right and mm -hmm. who goes is top three and 15th to top three is like honestly a big jump that's like a major yeah. jump and so i i kind of had this period where i was like putting financials aside putting you know all this aside because you don't get paid too much if you're like 15th in the u.s yeah. versus third and so it, it was kind of similar and, and and i think back to the moment where I had like given it all I had. I was like, I truly just destroyed myself trying to do it. I couldn't handle the training at all. Um, I, I really gave it my all, but it just like, it didn't work out. And, but I kind of look at that and in a way, stepping away from it was kind of like freeing in a bit. And, and it made like the rest of my life easier. Cause in a way, like still in a weird way, like all I care about is, making the olympics although i haven't trained in like three years and so like like my day-to-day -day life it it's like super easy to go through and somewhat be successful and do all this stuff because um my personality isn't so wrapped up into it and so it's kind of like when you when you beat a video game and you're just like in free-to-play mode you have all the like the best items like it yes. in, a, in a weird way i kind of i kind of feel like that and well, what you just I said about your personality be, your personality being wrapped up in it is so important because it's like when my personality was wrapped up in this like existential dread of like, if I don't become a famous musician, I've failed. Like my life was hell. Yeah. And once, once I let go of that, it just was so much better. <laughs> and then, and then, and then you, you still wake up the same person, right? And yeah. There, you still have that, that dog in you. You still got the dog in you. You, you still know? got the dog in you. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. You know, like, like still to this day, the only thing I really get nervous for is track races and I don't run track races anymore. So it's just like, you know, <laughs> it's funny. I used to do rowing in high school and like, yeah. it's the, 
the the two K test is one of my nightmares. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. but I I I just say that because I do see kind of parallels between like the uh, the, the the pro athlete route and the pro musician route. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't say this in insulting ways. Like I I was a you know I was paid to be an athlete at some point. But you're kind of like elongating childhood in a little bit. <laughs> you know. Well, it, in a good, I would say that sounds bad, but I'd say that like, it says bad. I don't mean that as a dig. I don't mean that well, as here, a dig. Here's a way to frame it. It would be like, like, okay. it's like the music and creativity. Like, and this is, this is like the sad thing is like, you give up so much of your inner child, the older you get, like, and like you, what, mm-hmm. you're, what I see is like, okay, if you're really able to tap into the music and that creativity, it's like you are being able to tap into that inner creativity that you have yeah. since you were young um what did kanye say that the 38 year old eight year old um, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 uh it's interesting and because uh, now uh you know i'm in marketing i spend most of my days editing videos and whatnot so i've kind of like like the creative process is still in there but in a weird way i'm like just as interested in the, the business side of things and the business side of things still feels creative just in i don't know uh, a little bit of a different way yes i agree I agree. Um, yeah. I mean, you just take what you just see, take the path that life seems to feed to you, I suppose, and, and I enjoy it. And, and, and it's, it's awesome. It's, you're having fun with it. I'm having fun with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You are. And it, it also kind of teaches you that you like, I don't know. This, this may not be true for you, but this is true for me that like, I've like making a, like a, like a long term, like 10 year plan. Like some people they tell me, like, okay, I'm going to do this at this age. I'm going to do this at this age or this by house, then whatever. It kind of doesn't make sense to think that way because if, if I told myself like four years ago, hey, you're going to be working for a major cryptocurrency network, I'll be like, that's the craziest thing you've ever said. Like, oh, you're not just be working for them. You're going to be making TikToks for them and running some of their social accounts. I'm like, that doesn't, I, I'm a software engineer. Like, why, how, what yeah. are you talking about? I'm going to make TikToks for them. So <laughs> it is kind of crazy how, uh, you know, your paths change. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I, I totally feel it's very topical too. I'm like trying to figure out my next. I'm trying to figure out my future right now uh-huh. and like I just can't like it's like not I'm having so much trouble because <laughs> it all it, my future is is not at all what I predicted uh, yeah. my life is not what I predicted. so like like like, like you were at the White House last week you know yeah or, yeah, or DC yeah yeah um, exactly what so. so speaking of the future um what do you think about when I say like what does your future hold what comes to mind Oh man. Um, I can say like things that I want to get done, but what the future holds for me is like, like, I mean, I still, I mean, maybe this changes, but I'm still like, I still love Austin, you know, um, as far as like what the future holds is I, I hope to be able to really double down on, um, helping out with stand of crypto, you know, helping out with, with Austin impact stuff, like with avalanche, like the, the Mona Lisa program Mm -hmm. that we're doing with Austin artists. That's, that is like the realization of so much of my like ideas and my values and like what ATX DAO is about. Right. Like when I tell people, I'm like, look, crypto is full of good people and ATX DAO is here to make a difference. um, And crypto cares about creatives. This type of program, like the HX Down Avalanche R program, where we get to go and commission artists to make NFTs um, and and 
like onboard them while giving them value, like giving back to the city. That's what I've been trying to do. And that's like putting, like walking the walk. So that, that's really exciting. And I got to really do a good job for everybody on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to think about what's yeah. in the future besides that. I had, a, I was talking to somebody yesterday and about like what really needs to get done and that that's one of them. And then I really want to figure out how to help the industry pass yeah. the, the, law, the laws we need to pass. And I don't know, I might, that I'm not a political strategist. I'm just a mere soldier in this fight. Um, but I hope to be a, uh, a top performing soldier. <laughs> Although you said you're not a political strategist, um, what, like, you're probably, you're thinking about it clearly. Like, like, yeah. like what are, what are, what are things people can do to, help or what are some strategies you're thinking about that can maybe have an impact on you know helping helping the right legislation get passed i mean there'll be more action items that come up i'm sure there are certain legislators that will need campaign donations um that there will be times in which we need to do outreach to our congress people mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to be taking a lot of orders, hopefully from like stand of crypto and Texas blockchain council and stuff. Um, but from a strategy perspective, I mean, we just need to continue to be good people and create value and try and give back, um, and just show the world what we're about. Um, I, I think things like the initiative that we're doing of Ava labs, I think that's something that we can point to when we talk to skeptics and be like, Hey, look, like we came into this city and we put like, we, we helped the art community here. Yeah. Um, I think that's a proof point that changes people's minds. Um, so that that's part of it. And I think being just aware and open to being active as opportunities to support the industry come around is going to be important. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we do have to take a little bit of guidance from the experts here as far as like stand of crypto and like other professional, um, mm-hmm. trade associations or lobbying organizations. But I, the thing that makes me happy and that gives me hope is that that's the question everybody asks. Yeah. And I wish I had a better answer, but no, the question everybody asks is how do I help the cause? Yeah. Um, and if you have an entire group of people that are trying to help the cause, then I think the cause is going to go pretty far. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're totally right. It's a, it, it is a big PR issue um, in this space and Coinbase is doing literally an incredible job doing that. So massive shout out to, to Coinbase. Um, do you think the, uh, the election will have an impact in this? I mean, that's what people are saying. And I mean, this, the, the fact of the matter right now is that the, the, the Democratic side of the aisle is not super um, open to what we're offering. And yeah. that's like something that needs to change. And it's like Elizabeth Warren is like a really serious problem in that she holds a lot of power over a lot of other people. And she's, uh, she's got the ear of people. She's I mean, she's famous, like she's a celebrity politician, right? And she's a senator and she's been there for so long. So it's hard to break. If you're Warren pilled, it's hard to get your, yourself out of that. 
Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that have to kind of stick around for different cliques of people with, unfortunately, like progressive, progressives don't necessarily see the progressive values of crypto. Yeah. And it's interesting because all these like Coinbase lobbyists and legal experts that I was meeting, a lot of them were like specifically tasked with democratic strategy because that's such a key issue right now. Yeah. It's like, how do we make this bipartisan? Um, so, I mean, that's, that's, it's weird. It's just, it's a bummer that that's the thing that's happening. Cause I like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would hope that crypto has influence on the next election cycle just to show the, I guess the folks in Washington or whatever type of legislatures that are being, um, that have elections going on. I I would like for the government to understand that the crypto constituency is real, is Mm. educated and can mobilize. And I would love for that, that constituency to stay united, not just for the industry, but like for whatever causes our community believes is valuable moving forward. It'd be awesome because it's a really young constituency. And like, I think everybody agrees, like getting into politics here, I think everyone agrees that government's a little bit too old. Um, so, I mean, maybe very, very cool to see a lot of leaders that go and take their uh, values, yeah. the values rooted in crypto and take them to the entire country. That'd be really fun to see like what happens in the next 10 years from all these successful crypto entrepreneurs and whatever. Um, I think this community that we're a part of is full of incredibly smart potential leaders. So, yeah. I don't know if they answered the question. I kind of forgot what the question was. <laughs> that was great, man. We, we just broke up for a little bit there, but that was incredible. Um, yeah. Because it, 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 it kind of worries me a little bit because like a lot of the crypto adoption that's happening and that is, you know, hitting the smartphones of the everyday man is happening in Asia, right? Um, there's yeah. large, large crypto rails um, on one of the largest payment systems in Singapore. There's, you know, one of the largest loyalty programs in the world um, in Japan with, I think, over 100 million users. Like, that's that's getting crypto rails. And in South Korea, one with, like, I think 20 million users, that's getting crypto rails. And in the U.S., we don't really have too much to say for it, which is yeah. a bit of a bummer. We, I was in this meeting. I mean, there's the the chief policy officer from Coinbase. He used to be part of the National Security Council in the Bush administration. And he mm. was saying that he sees, I mean, crypto being exit, like having exile from the United States is a national security issue. Um, yeah. God, it was this internet. It what honestly is, going is on? because turn off right now, like the go-to stable coins, the USD and you know, the industry is still so young that, you know, anything could happen. Uh, it's interesting. Sorry. Well, I like to- we totally cut out. I'm going to move my camera off so we can have a better, like non-technologically, um, you're, launched conversation. Yeah. You're good, man. Uh, but, you know, Hey, both sides are recording at full quality. So thanks to Riverside. Um, I, I am, I am checking the time. I think we, I mean, we could honestly talk for a lot longer, and so I'm, I'm I'm bummed out that I have to cut this short. But it is my uh, my it's my fiance's birthday, and I have to be a good boyfriend and go take her out to dinner awesome. and whatnot. So very nice. Thank you Where so you much, going? Mason. 
see, I'm not that good of a boyfriend. I haven't figured it out yet. Uh, but I think we're going to sushi. There's <laughs> this like fancy sushi restaurant. Uh, that's my uh, thing, but I got to book that. So I don't think she'll listen to this and know that I'm not a good boyfriend right now, but you know. <laughs> yeah. That's um, how it is. All right. Well, I mean, I'm ha- uh, I appreciate the uh, the opportunity and um, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm happy to talk to you whenever. Looking forward to this Avalanche collab that we're gonna do for sure, um, man. We're we're super hyped, and I mean, you guys are truly core to all of crypto, and I think there's gonna be many, many, many ATX DAO copy paste throughout. You know, almost every major city because you were mentioning earlier that they're it, the the DAO structure in city is is emerging. Um, it's not quite not quite everywhere, but very very excited um to all the listeners that are tuning in right now thank you so much you gave me 56 minutes of your time that's incredible to me you could be really doing anything else if you chose to do this for the listeners uh the video is completely frozen my internet has (laughs) failed us i am sorry (laughs) they just missed a avery is frozen in time i'm looking at his pixelated (laughs) uh, well mid-sentence pose (laughs) thank you all for listening so much